Well, hi, everybody. This is Rachel Amaday. You are on the Spiritual Exercises. I'm so excited to bring you my guest today. This is a young lady who has so many talents, so many gifts. It's ridiculously expansive. When I first met her, she was in high school and she was doing dance with a friend of mine who... Um, I think he was the coach actually at the time of the dance team. Come to find out she's an amazing artist, musician, and many other things. Um, I had her actually create the artwork for my book, Jesus Was Not a Modern Day Christian. And I have to tell you, when you see this artwork, I mean, everybody absolutely loves it. In fact, people have said they, they, put, they put the book out on the shelf just because it's a great decorative piece. It is so beautiful. So she's multi-talented. But one of the big reasons I'm having her on today is she has a very, very large social media following, especially on Instagram. And she is someone who is out there preaching the word and giving amazing advice to young people. And we need more voices like that out there that can reach that age group. So excited to welcome to you, Anna Grissom. Anna, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for such a sweet introduction. Yeah. I'm feeling like so honored to just <laughs> even be here speaking with you on here. Well, I, I'm I'm not joking. Like people love what you created for me with my book. They're, they're like super impressed. And I'm like, man, she was just, she's so young and she has all these talents. And right now you're at Liberty University. Yes. Yes. I'm okay. doing that online. And what are you studying? What's your. I am in graphic design and then I just added on a minor in biblical studies. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so all the things that I know that you are fabulous already at. Um, and I might have to ask you later about how it's going with biblical studies, because I know a lot of colleges, a lot of seminaries, a lot of people go and the biblical studies program isn't necessarily what they think it's going to be, or they're not getting as much out of it, or it can actually be discouraging depending on which, um, which direction you take it. So I would love to hear later, maybe how Liberty is doing with that. Um, but let's get into who you are. Cause I know everyone watching and listening want to know why, why did I have you on? So can you give us your testimony, maybe a brief, a brief version of just you? Yes, I will try to keep it kind of short and sweet, <laughs> but I was raised in a Christian home, the typical Christian home. But for me, um, I think it became very legalistic for me in a way, um, not intentionally, just that's how it ended up being. And so that really pushed me away from the faith. Um, and then I struggled for about seven years with like severe depression and I think it was the year of COVID maybe that's when I um ended up going to the hospital um and going to the psych ward for just like overdosing and i kind of just remember being there and i was mad at god because it was like god like why do you still have me here um mm. i don't understand your intention and then how could you say you love me but put me in such like these circumstances and so after now that, hold on i want to get i want to just get a little more detail on that so you ended up in the hospital, you'd overdosed. Was it on mm -hmm. like a prescribed medication for depression or was it, was there other stuff going on? Um, it was actually just, I was having like physical health issues as mm -hmm. well. And so it was actually, um, medication that was prescribed for that. Cause the pain like physically mm -hmm. was so bad. 
Um, but I didn't tell anyone about like the emotional pain going on underneath. And so that went unseen and ended up hurting me more than the physical pain. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes those things are compounded. You know, your emotional pain actually is impacting how your body feels and it just makes it that much worse, that much harder to recover. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I definitely believe that those both, um, affected each other like mm -hmm. a lot. All right. Um, so keep going. Sorry. I just wanted <laughs> to like, cause I, a lot of people struggle with that stuff and a lot of people yeah. are on different medications for lots of different reasons. And I actually have people reach out to me Mm -hmm. who want to get off those medications and are asking for advice and people to go to and help. So I know it's huge, right? That's like not just your story. That is so many yes. people's story. And it's an important piece that in the church too, we need to recognize there are a lot of people who are trying to manage all of these things, right? Even young people. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was something um, that a lot of uh, like the psychologist I was working with, um, they told me that I needed to be on medication and things slowly started to get better. And I think the medication did help stabilize, but like ultimately I give full glory to God for mm -hmm. not being um, on medications right now. And I'm not like against it, but I do think sometimes we use medication as an excuse not to have faith for full healing mm -hmm. um, physically and mentally. Um, so that is a huge part of my story of God healing me from that. Um, okay. So tell us about that. So I think I, I interrupted you at you, you were in the hospital. Yes. Then what? Um, well, a huge part of me being in the hospital that I just felt the presence of the Lord when I was there was that um, I began just looking around at the other people and kids in the hospital and just began asking their, about their stories. Um, and a lot of them probably lived like 30 minutes away from me. And I was like, man, like, how am I missing these people who um, are just living in abusive homes or just don't have parents like I do? How am I missing loving these people? And I think it's because often we believe that the radical places to love are in a different country or far away from us. But I think God really opened my eyes on that moment being like the radical places for you to love are right in front of you. And so in that, um, there was one day that like every single day we were able to go out to the courtyards um, for about an hour. But there was one day the sprinklers were on and the person taking care of us were like, no, like you can't go outside. Sorry, the sprinklers are on. And I'm someone that just loves to run through the sprinklers or rain where, wherever and whenever. And so I began begging him. I was like, no, we're going outside today. It's <laughs> going to happen. And so eventually I got the other kids to begin like begging the same thing with me. Um, but then he finally led us outside and I began running in the sprinklers. I was like the first one. And I began kind of like asking the other kids to run through the sprinklers with me. Um, and eventually they started to join one by one and there was just like a moment where I turned around and like the girl that was in the darkest place of her life was just laying in a puddle of like water full of laughter. Mm. And I think 
God just gave me like one of the closest images of heaven that I've seen of like, this is one of the darkest places any of us have been. But that was the most joyful moment because it was like, Anna, like, this is how I see my children. And this Mm -hmm. is what it's like to live in my presence, that there's a fullness of joy when you are with me, not because of your circumstances, but because of who I am to you and that I'm with you and everything. So that really... I think began to like soften my heart when I was in there. Um, I'm trying to keep this short because there's so much more. No, this is good. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Um, So after that, though, I got out of the hospital. And I think I was just hurt by a lot of people after within the church that, um, you know, were supposed to be my friends or just supposed to love me well. And they broke that trust or just took advantage. And so that pushed me further away from Christ. And I began just looking into other religions, um, just hoping for anything. And for like a little bit of time, I was like, maybe I'm atheist. I don't know if I believe in this whole God thing. Um, But just the more I began to do research into Buddhism and all these different religions, it was just so evident that God was the only God that was the true God of the Bible. And so after that, um, I went to the Passion Conference um, back in, I think it was going into the year 2021 or 2022. Um, But with that, Jenny Allen came on and she began speaking about how we don't hate our own sin. And right there was like the most gracious, like soft, but like direct punch or like slap from the lord of just being like anna you have separated yourself from me because you hate the sin of others and the only thing that separated me from you at the beginning was your own sin like it was my sin that nailed him to the cross and it was my sin that separated me from him and the sin of others doesn't have the power to separate me from god Right, And so he just had me evaluate how I hated their sin more than I hated my own. And mm. I was so humbled in that moment, being like, okay, I'm <laughs> not as great as I thought I was. Um, but just how great the, lo- the love of God is and how healing um, the cross has been in dealing with hurt from other mm. people. But... Then after that, um, you know, I was honestly, it was so interesting because a month later I was watching a TikTok video and this girl's video came up and I was just standing in my kitchen eating dinner and I just began weeping and I fell to the floor and was just saying how you have to make a choice. Like you can't wait to choose when you're going to follow God. Like sitting on the fence isn't a choice anymore. And so I just fell to my knees in the kitchen floor just began weeping and saying okay god like i choose you and i fully choose to follow you so even though i was raised in a christian home um i would say that i was only been like a follower of christ for um maybe about two years now so it still feels pretty new to me honestly well i can really relate to that so i i also grew up in a christian home and um 
walked away from the faith, I would say, um, even though I would call, I would call myself a believer in God and I had knowledge, right? Like I really loved God when I was a kid, a lot of junk happened, right? Walked mm -hmm. away because of that junk. Um, and God brought me back in. But what's interesting, and maybe you've had this experience, is all the seeds that were planted when I was young, even though like some of those verses were the wrong interpretation or, you know, some of that stuff, like no one was teaching it properly or things were really warped, those verses come back now differently. So all those seeds that got planted are like blooming, right? Like all the Bible verses I memorized, all that work that my parents did came back and God refreshed it. It was like they were just waiting. They were waiting in the ground. And then when I really met Yeshua for who he is and really started learning and he started opening my eyes, all of it, right, came came back. So I feel like God uses these journeys. He uses these stories. Um, all that time that felt useless maybe or felt difficult, God can go back and redeem you know, and, and use it, even the hardship, even when it was like warped or wrong, he can go back and give you new understanding or new meaning. And I think your experience is very common. Actually. I think a lot of people grew up in Christian homes, um, or Catholic homes. And a lot of it seemed legalistic. Like I know in Catholicism, there's a huge belief, like all you got to do, as long as you go to church every week, you're saved, right? That's like a check. Like you checked the box and you did the deed and that you're fine. And that's not at all what the Bible describes as relationship with God, right? It's not, a you're not checking boxes. You're not doing it. You're not doing these things to be saved or to obtain salvation. And it can become very confusing for people. Um, and I hear, I hear that just time and time again. So, um, but you have a very powerful testimony. You went through a lot at such a young age and, I'm grateful that you shared because some of that stuff I didn't even know. I didn't know that you'd been through some of that, uh, but it really speaks to your maturity and why you have the social media presence that you do now. So let's talk a little bit about that. So how did you get into then starting to post these Instagram videos and what, like, what happened, what sparked you and what's that process been like for you? Um, yeah. I actually love being asked this question now um, because kind of like you were just um, pressing on earlier, the fact that God plants those seeds so early and um, they grow in his timing because it was literally back in sixth grade. Yeah. When I began really struggling with depression. And so I started this like anonymous um Christian account on Instagram and I just began writing out my feelings or thoughts and it was always things I was struggling with but it was like an encouragement in that area so if I was struggling with feeling loved I would write an encouragement of being loved by God and so I just began posting um, and writing because it was the only really outlet that I had at the time. Um, and it just really helped me process my emotions at the time. And so eventually that led to me, I think it was sophomore year in high school where I began praying about it. And I think God was like, okay, Anna, I want you 
to kind of put a face to the name now and start using your testimony. Um, because I think there's something so powerful about the people around you knowing your your past, but also seeing you become someone different by the power of God. And so by his grace, um, I began putting my name to that and just began posting it. And it was still um, just a gift from God to help me process what I was going through. So mm-hmm. it was never meant to become anything. So that's why it's like I can fully just give glory to God in that area. Um, but yeah, that was basically the start of it. And, um, I think the more I began to study the Bible and spend time with God, I realized like, I loved studying the Bible. Like I would spend some days, like three hours in like just one chapter, just trying to get into the historical context and everything of it. And it wasn't because I was trying to like gain anything from God but it's just like wow like I love studying the Bible and being in the word um so I think God really gave me a heart for wanting to teach the word um and help others understand it yeah I I I've experienced that like I follow you and I see a lot of what you post and it's really interesting to me because I have come across people so I I I felt like I was supposed to write that book that you did the cover art for. And I didn't know what God wanted to do with it, but it was good for me. Like I knew I wanted my family to have some of the amazing research that God had led me to do over the years and some of the information that I think Christians don't get to come across in like normal church, right? And I was doing all that study and just just because I loved it. And God often has done this with me where he has used something that was for my healing than to go mm-hmm. out and help others heal music the same you know my my worship ministry god always told me i gave you music to heal you first like this is for your healing but then he goes and he uses it right to bless mm-hmm. others so you have this great enjoyment in the process and it feels so close to you because it's led by the spirit right and when the spirit is leading it just it blesses you you're like, oh, I don't care what happens with this. I don't care if nobody ever sees this. This is this was for me and the Lord. This was about our relationship. But then the other thing that can happen is through giving your testimony and through talking about those trials and struggles, it almost brings more healing, right? When you do it, it's like every time I get to give my testimony or talk about my past with people. I feel more healed and more empowered and like more grateful for what God has done. And that's the power of personal testimony. And it's it's also amazing because it's something nobody can take from you. That is your personal testimony. The Lord came in and worked on you, worked on your heart. And then the Holy Spirit sits with you when you're studying the word. No one can say boo about that, right? That's your <laughs> personal testimony. And that's why those personal testimonies are so powerful. I also think it's interesting, and I don't know if you've met a lot of people um, who God has been doing this with, but the Holy Spirit has been working on people. I tell people this all the time because I meet them all the time. The Holy Spirit has been going to people all over the world, Mm -hmm. waking them up, getting them excited about the word, sitting with them and teaching them as they are studying. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to pour out right now and is 
is looking for those people who are willing to spend the time. And then when they spend the time, they're so blessed. I mean, I have had so many people who are like, yeah, God just gave me a dream and told me I needed to go study this thing. And so I went to study it and come to find out I didn't know anything about that actually. And I thought I did. And so my whole life has changed now. And testimony after testimony of the spirit of God working, we know the Holy Spirit, his work is to instruct and convict. The Holy Spirit's obviously heavy upon your life because that's what you do. You you are obviously convicted and you are obviously being instructed and then sharing that with people on social media. And maybe you could tell me a little about this. One of the things I've noticed about a lot of your posts is in your own really special way, you talk a lot about obedience and what obedience to the Lord means. And mm-hmm. um, I would love for you to expand a little bit about that and why that seems to come up in your posts a lot. Like, what does obedience mean and why should we be obedient? Um, and maybe you don't know, but I, I'm just curious, do you feel like your generation needs to hear that message differently? Have we missed, what, what are we missing that we need to be hearing more on that issue? Um, that's a really interesting observation. I actually hadn't noticed that about myself, but I'll have to look at that. Um, I think it's off of uh, like what I'm observing right now. I would say, like I said, when I was raised in a Christian home, um, it felt very legalistic to me and I didn't understand the purpose or value of going to church or walking in that obedience to God, because to me, it should, I think a lot of us in our generation, were told a message of God's grace, but we've missed the message of repentance that comes with that. And so a lot of my generation, we were raised on this huge moment of conversion. But then after that giant or that giant leap of faith we take saying, I believe in God. There's nothing to follow that. That leads Mm. into discipleship. There's no discipleship. Yes. Yes. And it's heartbreaking to see because I think it's led a lot of people to um, misinterpret and misunderstand the word of God. And I think that's where my heart fell. Um, I really, there were a lot of unmet expectations with God in my life. And that's why I became very bitter and against him Mm. because I was like, this is what you promised. This is who you say you are. And you failed me. But um, God so greatly humbled me and was like, Anna, this isn't who I promised to be. This is who you want me to be. And you're worshiping a God that is not the God of the Bible, Mm. but a God that you've created for yourself. Yeah. And so that caused me to have to like break down my entire faith again and figure out, okay, what do I believe? Because if this isn't who God really is, I guess I don't know who he is. And so the more I've fallen in love with God, um, there's a pastor that I listen to, but he just always reminds us that the works that happen by faith and within religion are a result of a relationship with God. And it's not the works that can lead to that relationship with God, but it's the opposite way. Right. And so just realizing that 
I don't want to go to church now or serve in church now just because it's the quote-unquote good Christian thing to do. It's because, no, I've fallen in love with God and seen His goodness and see His people, and I want to serve His people. So it's all come out of a place of learning just the greatness of and holiness of who God is and fully surrendering my life to him rather than what I would like for myself. Yeah. And there's, uh, gosh, there's so much in there. And I, you know, anyone that listens to my podcast knows I talk about this stuff all the time mm -hmm. because I do think we were taught a really strange version of salvation and obedience and how, and they, there was a warped relationship between the two for a lot of years. Right. And they were kind of blended in this strange way. But if you don't get the heart right first, then the why of obedience doesn't exist. Like, why mm -hmm. would you do these things? If you're not fully in love with God, why would you go read the Bible and investigate more? And a lot of people say, I'm a Christian and they, they want to be saved because they don't want to go to hell. It's not because they love Jesus. It's because they just don't want any consequences. And so mm -hmm. we have this concept of like one and done salvation that you say a prayer. Now you're saved. All right. Good. Good. Have a great life. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, all right. And, and the thing is, it's actually the opposite. We're not called to save people. That's the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit's job. Right. Mm -hmm. But we are called to disciple people. So the church yeah. was all about saving people, not about what, hap what happens when you have met the Lord and you mm -hmm. do love him and you want to follow him. And then you go and attend a church that never teaches you how to obey him. What yeah. you miss out on is all those blessings that take place when you trust in the Lord enough to be obedient. Because if you never put your trust in him and do what he's asking, he, you never give him the opportunity to show you how he shows up. Mm -hmm. And so everything is about relationship. It's like showing up to dinner with friends, right? If you don't know that the dinner with friends is happening and you never show up, then you never get to sit in their presence and develop the relationship. That's what obedience is. It has not, it's not salvation, but it's the, you get to show up at the table of the Lord and sit with him, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that why is so beautiful. It's so good. It's like, yeah, I want that. Of course, I want to. I want to be with the Lord. I want to have dinner with Him. I want to, like, I want to see Him do something amazing in my life because I put my trust in Him and I put my faith in Him and I started doing the things He asked me to do. And I think the version of that that I grew up with, it what I never got a why. I never got mm -hmm. the why. The why was never there. It's just you just do this. And then some of those things they told us to do aren't actually even in the Bible. And then you're really confused, right? And then mm -hmm. some of the things that are in the Bible, they didn't tell us to do. So you're like, wait a second. And I, <laughs> I think the other piece of what you said is the exact same story I have. I mm -hmm. realized. So God crushed me. He just crushed me. I realized mm -hmm. the God that I had been serving is not was not really the God of the Bible. Yeah. It was a God of my own making. It was a God of other people's making. It was a God that I, I let other people tell me about God instead of going in and really looking for what the word said about him. And that was a huge revelation, right? Like I, I was probably saved and had the Holy Spirit or whatever 
But then I had like a nice little squishy idol that I took out of my pocket when I wanted things. And when things were difficult, I wanted him to fix them. I didn't want to go through the challenge. I didn't want to be changed by the challenge. I didn't want to face my own sin, my own problems, my own heart. I just wanted God to um, make my life easier. And that's just not God. That's not what he does with his kids at all. Um, so I, I I feel like it's, it's so interesting. I hear this story time and time again, again right now, because I think the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit's like, wake up. It's time. I need you. I need you to understand this. I need you to be okay with trial, tribulation, challenge, because this is how God makes you more like him. This is like through pain. We need pain now because we're fallen. We need challenge. We need to be pushed. Otherwise, we'll never learn to become like our Messiah. We'll never get there. And we won't be the representation. We won't be the body of Christ. We'll be, you know, fractured, divisive, splintered, all the things mm -hmm. that the church, I think, has kind of been. <laughs> mm -hmm. We need to get back to um, allowing God to work on us instead of telling God what we want him to be. And um, it's amazing that you see, I didn't come into that until I was in my thirties. So like, you're doing this way earlier than I did. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and I have to say in your generation and your time period, like when you talk about dating, when you talk about relationships, when you talk, how challenging is this really? Cause I feel like your generation um, you guys have been inundated with so much media, so many bad messages. You just mm -hmm. posted the other day about getting rid of anything in your closet that was that you felt wasn't Christ-like, that wasn't mm -hmm. godly to wear. What what is that like for you with people in your age group? Like, how many are you? Are you? Do you have a good friend group that's all kind of thinking the same way? Do you find that you're alone? Read a lot of the time. You're just kind of like out there, like, well, I'm going to do this and. I don't know if anybody else will. What's that like? Um, well, a prayer on my heart for about the past three years, which is I I was like in my closet, like in tears, just begging God for a community. And that was something that he really provided um, mm. within these past months. So that has been one of the biggest blessings in answer to prayer because um, it has been a group of discipleship. Um, mm. It was so beautiful because I had never done this, but... It was one of our house churches. We gather on Monday nights and they just said, okay, tonight um, we're going to praise the Lord. But after you're going to gather up in your prayer circles and you're just going to confess and ask for forgiveness mm. and ask for healing. Mm. And just being able to have people to do that with, like I had just, I had confessed sins to them that just, I had, hadn't told anyone and it had yeah. such a grasp on my life. So that has been a huge blessing. Um, also, why I believe that's like why God had called me to Nashville. Mm. Um, he knew what he had in store for me here. But yeah, the <laughs> we talk about this too. The dating scene is very difficult, um, yeah. especially just because a lot of people, I mean, we see this in just the American culture itself. Um, so many people want to claim to be a Christian um, without understanding what that name um, like means to them. Yeah. And 
um, you know, I see people wearing crosses around their neck all the time, but we've just talked about how there's a difference between someone who wears the cross and carrying their cross. And so I've have had the blessing of those girls who do think alike um, and pushing each other towards holiness and towards what God has called us to. But outside of that, it's very different, especially even in the city, because even with that video that I posted about um, wanting to get rid of things in my closet that I felt were not honoring to the image of who God created me to be, I got so many comments of people calling me so legalistic and all these different um, things and like why it was false because that's not why God loves us. And it was really interesting because if you go back to what I wrote and what I said, um, I said nothing about how modesty, we do it because we want to be loved by God or anything about earning our love from God. It was fully me just... I've been doing a study on what does it mean to be made in the image of God. And the more I begin to, I think, to know our image of God, we have to know God himself and his holiness. And the more I began to just study who God is and what it means to bear his image, I was like, holy cow, that is a huge responsibility, but also a huge honor. And I want to steward that image well. And so... I want to present myself in a way that is glorifying to God and worthy of the calling that he's called me in or called me to. And so it was just a pure conviction from the Holy Holy Spirit because even this summer, I was like looking through just things in my closet. I was like, who let me out of the house? Like, I was just <laughs> so surprised. I was like, when did I think it was? And it's not because I'm like, I don't want to be like, I'm, I don't want to present myself as judgmental upon other people who wear those type of things. But now that I am beginning to understand who I am in Christ, I'm thinking like, wow, like this body is not my own. And who am yeah. I to claim this body as my own when I don't even own the body? air that or the breath of my lungs right and so I have to carry this image well to honor my God who is holy and worthy of everything that's an incredible I feel like that so and we've all done that listen I had I went through my closet at some (laughs) point and was like I don't ever I don't even think I looked good in this I don't know why I was wearing this (laughs) and 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 but you do you're everyone's on their own point in the journey so yeah. you get to a a point in your relationship with the Lord where he's like, hey, I need you to understand that you're a temple for me, right? Mm-hmm. You're a temple for my spirit. You are supposed to represent me. Anything that you go out in the community and do is a reflection of something. And what are you mm-hmm. reflecting? If you are constantly pulling people into the world, right? If you're pulling people into the system, the satanic system, if you're pulling them into the slavery system that is the world, you're not representing me. And a mm-hmm. lot of people, yeah, they're going to, it's going to really convict them and they're going to be mad at you <laughs> because <laughs> it, they're going to call you judgmental. They're going to say all these things because they're convicted. They know that when they walk out of the house, sometimes they're not pulling people up they're keeping people in slavery and 
this isn't to say that like no one, no one is excused, right? A lot of times, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of older women out there who are like, you need to be modest. So you don't make men, you know, sin or whatever. And it's like, no, I am modest because I'm a temple of the Lord God almighty. I can't make anybody sin. And you know what? Whoever those guys are, we have so much going on now online. I'm not sure it even matters what I wear, but I don't want to ever misrepresent my savior. You, mm -hmm. You're not doing it for others. Like you said, you have to be looking internally at all times at what God is calling us to do and calling us to be. I'm glad a bunch of people were mad at you because all that tells me is those people probably needed to hear the message and sit down and think about it. And maybe they're not going to do anything about it now, but five years from now, when the, when they're ready in their journey and the Holy Spirit's like, Hey, you know, there are other people out there who aren't wearing the, the popular fad, you know, booty mm -hmm. shorts. So you don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like they're going to remember you and they're going to be like, Hey, there are lots of other godly women out there who look beautiful and who go out and who represent the Lord well. And that's exactly where I want to be. And, you know, I've never thought that God was calling us to be like, I don't know, so countercultural that we're be, we're a distraction either. Like we're not, we don't need to go out there and put on potato sacks, right, <laughs> to do this properly. Um, but I love that you, at your age, um, followed through when the Holy Spirit convicted you of that. That is such a great example, and I feel like you could talk about that for an hour. Like you could go to youth groups and just talk about representation in your body and behavior of what you say you are. Like mm -hmm. when those two things don't match, right? What gets hurt? Your testimony, your ability to lead people, all of those things. Like those, you want those things to match what you say and then what you do and what you, how you present yourself. Um, okay. We got way off topic. I know I had other <laughs> questions for you. Um, I feel like you have talked about a lot of the challenges and areas of discipline that God's been working with you on that, that most recent one, um, being one of them. Is there anything else that you feel like the Holy Spirit's really impressed upon your heart lately, either for yourself or just to be sharing? Um, I think the other huge thing that God has repeatedly, um, brought to my mind is what it means to abide in Christ because I am such an achiever and um, I do like to walk in obedience like having the Holy Spirit convict me is like by the grace of God I receive joy from that I'm like wow mm -hmm. my God loves me enough to convict me but he also convicted me of like, Anna, you love walking in obedience, but to a point where you think you're walking in obedience has earned the love. On your I own think. power. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so this was even, it was amazing because before I left for the Passion Conference of this year, um, I was just reading through my Bible. I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to read today? And I feel like the Holy Spirit was like, read the story of Mary and Martha. And I was like, okay, I've heard this story plenty of times, so I could probably tell you it right now, <laughs> but I'll go back and read it. And so I opened up and read it. And it, again, it was so convicting, um, but it was just saying how of my Bible here, but it was saying Mary sat at the Lord's feet and she was listening to what he said, but it was saying, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked the Lord, 
Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? But God so graciously replies to her and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. And I feel like the Lord so graciously just opened up to my eyes um, of how much I was striving. Mm. And a question that I get asked a lot or just comments in my videos will be like, how do I get closer to God? Um, and I began sitting with this question because I wanted to answer it, but I feel like the Lord was like, Anna, you, you don't, I'm already near to you. And when we ask that question of how do we get closer to God, it makes his nearness. I wrote notes on this, so I'm looking at it, but, um, I was saying how God's nearness isn't dependent on what we do or could do. It's not because we read our Bible more because we're in that Christian community more. And while those things are all good, these are all ways we get to know more of God and ways we are sanctified through the love of Christ. But it's not how we get closer because God is already so near to us. And I feel like when we ask that question or when we become dependent on our works, it defeats the glory of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And in saying that, okay, we're depending on our prideful selves of saying, God, your the cross was not enough to get me close to you, to get right. me to receive your love. The cross wasn't enough. And so therefore I'm going to work my own way towards you. And so after reading that, it was so interesting. I mean, I feel like a huge way the Lord speaks to me is through repetition. And mm -hmm. so he had that story come up about like four more times that story came up while I was at Passion, um, while I was driving to Passion, listening to a podcast, and I got back home, and the first um, sermon of my church was spoken, and they talked about Mary and Martha. And so um, I really began asking God, what does it look like for me to start abiding in your word and abiding in your, in your truth, not expecting to get a specific outcome of like A plus B equals C, but I'm just beholding you and sitting in the presence of my God and realizing that I'm not even worthy to be at his feet or to wash his feet, but still he chose to die on the cross. He chose a servant's heart to wash my own feet. I'm like, man, how, I don't even, there's like no word to even describe how awesome it is that a God that great loves us. And going on to another thing that um, the Lord has put on my heart is just the holiness of God. Mm. Um, at Passion, I think one of the biggest prayers for myself was God teach me the fear of the Lord and the holiness of the Lord because I felt like I, I love him. But I just, there were people in the Bible that I read about who, like Abraham, literally brought his son Isaac to be sacrificed on an altar and he was going to do it. Like he understood what it meant to fear the Lord. There were people who trembled in the presence of God. And it's like, man, I want to tremble at the holiness of God. Mm. And there was just a moment where it was like 55,000 people, it was just their voices. Um, the people on stage couldn't even sing anymore because they were just weeping, um, fell to their faces on the stage and they couldn't 
get a single breath out and I fell to my knees. I, I couldn't get a word out. I couldn't sing or just, I was shaking and it wasn't that I was afraid of God. I was like, my God, you are so holy. Mm. And who am I to be in your presence? Um, so that has been something that the Lord has been teaching me of what it means to behold my God and his holiness and sit at his feet um, rather than being distracted by the things of the world. Yeah. I love that. Those, those are such good words. I feel like um, the nearness to God is an attitude, not a distance, right? It's a, it's a filter that we have. It's not necessarily a position. Um, and I've, I've totally experienced that where my own heart's attitude or not wanting to go to the Lord with some things or not wanting to lay certain things at his feet, not wanting to submit in certain areas. My attitude has made it feel like I wasn't near to the Lord, but it had nothing to do the second that I submitted or the second that I went to him there he is, right? Like he's always there. He is always ready. He is always excited, right? He's like the dad in the prodigal son story. He is looking for you coming. He wants to see you coming after him, right? And he's excited to greet you. Um, and that's so true because people feel like God moves away. God doesn't move. He's unchangeable. Mm -hmm. he, he does what he does. It's us, right? It's our hearts that have to move in order to be able to see him. Um, and then I love that, you know, the holiness factor, the fear factor that <laughs> I talk about. Um, God is terrifying. Like I, I really mm -hmm. have experienced this in the last, I would say maybe three years that there has to be a part of you that understands that when you stand before him, he has the power to end you. Mm -hmm. or give you everything. And if you don't understand, like if you don't understand that aspect of God's sovereignty over everything that he created, I mean, the reason we have the creation story and the reason the seventh day is so important is because when he rested and he looked at everything and said it was good, part of what you're supposed to get from that story is he is the one that authored all of it, and he has control and power as king over all of it. He rested on his throne as the king, and he looked upon his creation and said, this is what I wanted to make. Nobody else gets to define it, right? God gets to define it. He's the one that authored it. He can do what he wants with it. I have had many moments where I've been absolutely terrified by that <laughs> in the last three years. And it's been so good for me because I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I, I mean, if Yeshua returned today, I want him to be like really pleased with whatever I'm doing and wherever I am. I want to be sitting at his feet, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be yeah. the one who had the hierarchy correct the the lord and what he wants to teach me is above all of my duties my chores my my burdens my cares my my work my work like i've been saying this a lot lately in 100 years no one's going to remember my name mm -hmm. no one's going to know i existed but god will remember every yeah. single moment of my life all the things that i think are important what he's going to recall is relationship with him. That's what's going to be recalled. What did you do with me? 
that's what's going to get remembered. It's like, well, if I don't have very many of those moments in my life, then not a lot of my life gets remembered, right? Everything gets burned. All that dross, all that stuff, it gets burned up and it's gone for all of eternity. I would love to have a lot of memories sitting at the feet of the Lord, right? In relationship with him. And um, that's hard. That's hard in our culture to remember because we're such an achievement driven culture. I think we're all, we can all relate to what you said. Like we all want to please and we want to do well and we want to achieve and we want to seem successful and we want, you know, we want all the things that everybody else wants. Mm -hmm. God is constantly trying to pull us out of that mindset. And, And even in the religious realm, especially in the religious realm, that mindset can take hold. I mean, that was the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Their mindset was achievement, right? What can mm-hmm. I look like in the public square? How can I look good? How can I'm going to do everything right? I'm going to be really honored. And and it was the wrong mindset. It was not mm-hmm. at all. That is still the slave system. You are still enslaved to a pattern of behavior and a pattern of thinking versus the freedom that comes with doing everything in the spirit instead of in the flesh and letting God mm-hmm. um, enjoying your time with the Lord as you're doing you know, his will. Um, that's such a good word. And I feel like, again, there's the Holy Spirit. Cause I think the Holy Spirit's talking to a lot of people about these things. That's why I knew mm-hmm. I was like, I, I got to interview Anna. I don't exactly know why, but, um, I just had this feeling that the Holy Spirit was working on you in a way that he's working on so many other people and people need to hear this encouragement and be reminded. I, I'm the same way. I need those repetition. I need the reminders, um, mm-hmm. because it's easy to forget. But God really hammers that point home when you get the three and the four and the five reminders, right? So um, I just knew that you were going to be talking about things that other people are trying to grasp and trying to put their hands and their heads around and really dig in and get. Um, Okay. Oh, my gosh. We don't have that much time left. Okay. Talk to me about the verses that you've been studying lately, maybe some of your favorite ones and why, why they've been so good. Um. Okay, I have one written down here, and then I have another one. I don't have it exactly memorized, but I'll still share it. You'll get the gist of it. Um, but the one, first one that I've written down is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. And it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have the divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm. Um. And this one even just reflects, I began putting Bible verses on my mirror to kind of block where I can even see myself that I would, when I wake up in the morning, instead of just checking my appearance, I would start with my heart. Mm. And um, this goes back to the power of the weapons that we hold. And that is the word of God. And so I really began to, or God really began to show me like how powerful the word of God is and that this is what we need to build our lives on. Like this is our foundation. This is alive and active. This will never fade. Everything else in the world will, but this will stand forever. And so God has really put that on my heart to begin again. Like I, didn't understand the importance of memorizing scripture um, before knowing God, but realizing how powerful it is and that it's a weapon in the spiritual warfare 
has completely changed my mindset. And going back to where in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. I think we're always talking about that, but God kind of had me sit down for a moment and break it down of what it meant, um, what it means to have the helmet of salvation. Like, what does that mean? Because we say a lot of big words without understanding them. And it was like, man, like, my thought or I'm not a slave to my mind. These thoughts that I have, and it's like, I have the power of salvation within me. He delivers me from everything. And so realizing the power that we have and the stance that we hold in this war, in the spiritual war, because in Ephesians 6, it is the armor of God of, we talk about how we can stand um, against the arrows of the enemy, but I think we don't also talk about how we're also like on defense, but we're also on offense. And God has equipped us to fight against the enemy. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have to stand there as victims trying to defend ourselves against the enemy. We actually stand in authority over the enemy and we get to fight back and have full power over that. And so I think that has been huge of just realizing that we are heirs of the kingdom of Christ. And Mm -hmm. there's so much authority and having the Holy Spirit live within us and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I remember we were studying through Acts and it talks about how in the end times, like the church, they will be prophesying, they will be healing. And I sat there and I was like, you know, I believe God could do that for other people, but he would never do that with me. And I just, I just had so much doubt in me about, I just, that didn't seem real or possible for me. And God Mm -hmm. was like, And I don't think you're understanding the power of the gospel or the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. So I'm going to have you sit with that and wrestle with that. Um, And he was like, I want you to ask for a bigger faith, Mm. for a bigger faith, because I stuck him into a box of he can only do those things for other people. He's like, no, if you're part of my church, like this is the end times. And so I'm preparing you and equipping you to do these things in my name and my glory. But I think that has just been a verse that has completely changed my mindset of how we fight in spiritual warfare. Mm. Um, So there's that one. I'll say this last one real quick. And it's 1 Peter 3, 4. This one I'm trying to memorize. (laughs) But it just talks about how we should not adorn ourselves in external things, um, but let the adorning of the heart be, or be the hidden things of the heart Mm -hmm. um, and the imperishable beauty of a quiet and gentle spirit. Mm -hmm. And so God, I mean, that goes back to modesty even of just like, what am I trying to adorn myself in? And I think the Lord challenged me back in December. He was like, and I want you to not wear makeup for a month. And I was like, um, I haven't done something like that. I haven't not not worn makeup probably since like sixth grade. So I don't know about that. And he was like, do you want like, there's beauty at the end of this obedience. Mm-hmm. And do you want to experience this process of sanctification with me? Mm. Or do you want to walk away from this opportunity that I'm presenting to you? Yeah. It's like, okay, so, so we'll do this. 
And so I began doing it and I didn't realize like even just for my beauty, when I felt insecure um, about how I looked, the first thing I ran to was my clothes to cover that up. Um, I ran to doing my hair, to making myself feel better about myself or doing my makeup. And it was all just to cover my insecurities. And the Lord was like, Anna, when you don't feel beautiful or you don't feel the tr- like you can believe in the truth, I want you to run to me first. Mm. and he's beginning to like redefine what beauty is and um the beauty of a hidden heart I think is something huge the Lord has put on my heart recently because I'm reading through a book and it's about Jesus and his hidden years um but basically just goes over how you know Jesus is born he's found in the temple as a kid and then there's like 30 years of about nothing, like nothing's recorded of his life. And then all of a sudden you jump to the gospels and it's like, Hey, here's the King. Um, and then he goes into the wilderness. Like the first place the Lord leads him is the wilderness. And all those 30 years, it's like in the wilderness, he knew the word of God. He knew how to fight against the enemy. And it wasn't just because he was sitting doing nothing in those 30 years. It's because in those hidden places, he was with God. Right. And so that has been huge of being okay with the hidden places and saying there's so much value in a hidden heart and the places that you learn to fear the Lord or just sit and behold him. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Well, you are an extraordinarily, incredibly gifted, but also, um, spiritually mature young lady. And I am so glad that you have shared all of this because this is, man, this is the stuff I feel like even I, I just read all of first Peter yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I was in the same things and just considering the same, um, concept of you can't, you can't put makeup on and change how you feel on the inside. That's not Mm -hmm. really, (laughs) (laughs) you can change how you feel maybe for an hour, but you're not going to really improve the part of you again, that matters, that lasts, the part of you that gets remembered. You know, Mm -hmm. you think about all your good friends at some point you forget what they, you're not thinking about what they look like at all. What you remember about them is how you feel when you're with them. What you remember Mm -hmm. about them is those times that you have with them. And yeah, we, we culturally overvalue certain things. I will say this. When you have kids, you're going to have a lot of no makeup days. Um, <laughs> it will humble you. You'll be like, I don't have time to do anything. I just look like I rolled out of bed. And this is how I have to present myself to the world. <laughs> Maybe that's what the Lord was preparing me for. Because I do want a you're lot ready. of kids. So <laughs> You're ready. I mean, I've had more like no makeup days in the past, yeah, 10 years than I ever thought I would have. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Like my grandma always had makeup, but I don't know how she did it. I, I can't possibly spend that much time on that. But um, I think culturally, man, especially with social media, we're just being bombarded with imagery and we put all of our value into what we see. And again, that is an opposing ideology to God's kingdom. God's kingdom is in so much of the unseen. Yes, you're going to have 
right? The clothing of the kingdom. You're going to get to see the clothing of what's happening, but the real movement, mm -hmm. the body behind it, you don't see that. You don't know the spirit. You're not seeing the spirit of God's church, God's people, and his Holy Spirit. You're seeing the outward activity, but that hidden thing that's the driver. Um, I love that you are just challenging young people culturally with all of this stuff and making them sit and think, which I think you probably um, discovered was something that you hadn't been able to do enough before you kind of fell into depression. I mean, I think mm -hmm. it's really easy when we're focused on the external and the material and all that stuff. It's so easy for us to fall into despair and unhappiness and fear and depression. And, you know, when all we're getting is what the media feeds us, which is a combination of you're not good enough, fear, and images that are just unattainable and ridiculous. And they, they're becoming more and more unattainable and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I've wondered if God was going to call, especially women of the Lord, to go the opposite direction. And to say, listen, AI is going to create this incredible looking person and you're going to see, you're going to get more and more of that. And so I'm going to be as real as possible so that you can know that I'm real and you can mm -hmm. hear me versus just looking at me. You can actually hear the words that I'm saying and actually take in the content and the meaning and the message. Um, it'll be interesting to see what God calls you to do as you keep <laughs> doing this because i i find it fascinating and i don't know that i know a lot of other young women who've been willing to step into all of that so um i just want to commend you for your faith in the lord and your trust in god thank you for being here and for letting me pry into all the things <laughs> that you've been up to and doing um where can people find you how can they follow you um, I mean, my Instagram and then TikTok are just, it's like its.annajoy, but okay. those are the two main platform things that um, the Lord has blessed me with right now. Okay. So it's Anna Joy. Yes. And there's no dashes. There's no. The name tell is about, like. <laughs> tell me what your handle is on Instagram. Cause this is where I want to send people. Okay, so it has the word it's before it. So I Oh, it's Anna Joy. That makes yes. sense. Okay, yes. I'm looking at it right now. I just want to make sure. Um I feel like you have is it it's dot Anna Joy? Yes. Okay, there we go. It's it's <laughs> ITS dot Anna Joy. Anna has two N's. Um Go find her. Have your kids follow her. If you if you allow your kids to have Instagram, which I don't, but um, <laughs> if you have it too, she has so many great posts that you could show your kids and that you could say, listen, look, there are people out there who not only are posting the stuff online, but then all those people that comment that like your posts, they're in agreement with you, right? They're trying to come to agreement. They're trying to come to the same place. You know, if you're a kid in a public school or if you have kids in school and they're being influenced by the world, there are so many other people out there who are bucking the trends and doing something different, trying to live righteously. You're not alone. And I, I mean, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, if you're, listen, People in my age group struggle just maybe even more because um, people in my age group seem to think all these, like they're really enamored still by all the media mm -hmm. stuff because we didn't grow up with it. It still feels new to people in our age group. And people in my age group are always trying to make themselves look a thousand times younger and, you know, boosting everything to be beautiful. 
I think all the questions that you're asking, they apply to so many generations, especially to women right now. Um, so please go find it's 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 dot Anna Joy on Instagram. Go find her and follow her and um and hopefully be, you know, find ways to support your ministry because it is a ministry. So yeah, thanks for being Thank here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's been such an honor um, to even be on your podcast. But also, thank you for being speaking so much life over me. Yeah. Um, you truly are an example of just a woman of God that fears the Lord. And I hope you know, I do look up to you and you have inspired me. And I think you talk about my obedience to God, but it's really interesting because like the first time I met you and just being following you, I was like, man. This woman walks in obedience to the Lord. And so you've even been a part of that journey and inspired that in my life. So thank you. Oh, thank you. That is so sweet. Thank you. But like that's meaningful to me. I, I really um I really appreciate that. To God be the glory. Amen. All right, Amen. guys. I'm gonna have Anna on again. I know it. Um, till next time. All righty, bye. <laughs>